spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. Can I be totally honest? Just before DeMarco played the show intro, I said, all right, here we go. It's harder to plan a two-hour show than a three-hour show, and I know that sounds really strange, but off the air early for Greeny Growing this morning because the Georgia Bulldogs are at Vanderbilt Game starts at noon, and you rewind that four hours for pregame. So we are off the air at 8 o'clock this morning uh, for Dog Talk pregame, which begins right here at 8 o'clock on your home of the dogs. And then you don't have to hear Dave Baker today, so he'll be time-shifted to tomorrow. But good morning. Welcome to the show. Glad you are here. You're welcome to call since we have a time crunch. Call sooner rather than later, 404-872-0750. So on the way in, I was listening to a soundbite that Mark Aram shared with me. Uh, this this is not gardening related, so let me just, you know, step aside for a second. This was so funny in a group text that I've got with Mark Aram and Mark McKay and Alex Williams, all traffic folks. Uh, he found this old clip of his show where he had a number of our different colleagues and co-workers dog sitting for him around the clock and Alex Williams my traffic colleague was one of them and had locked himself out of Mark's house while he was walking the dog at five o'clock in the morning was supposed to be here for a shift at six and was locked out so he couldn't get back in to get his car keys he couldn't get back in to let the dog back in and that was just such a funny story it was probably four or five years ago uh, that Mark that you know, he relayed that story on the air during his nighttime show, and I was listening to that on the way in, and I thought, you know, this is a good bunch of people here at WSB, and I'm so glad you all get to hear those sides of us where we're goofballs and we make mistakes and do stupid things and have funny memories with each other. And I got myself into a pickle yesterday. If you follow me on social media, I will let you know I am not wearing that evening gown. Now, if you don't follow me on social media, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I was home alone yesterday. Husband went out of town for, for a brief while. And I'm getting dressed for this banquet I had last night for the Kennesaw Police Department. And I knew exactly what dress I wanted to wear because it's black and blue. It was perfect. Hadn't worn it. The dry cleaning tag since since 2018. Uh, That's probably when I dropped it off of the dry cleaners after I wore it last. So I knew. So I'm going through my closet, all these old TV dresses and all this stuff that I've got. And I know I want this specific dress. And I go through all the dresses hanging all together in the closet. I'm not finding this dress. So I look again. And then a third time. And I'm like, how am I? There's 14 dresses hanging here. And I'm not seeing the one dress that I, I have my mindset. I'm wearing this black and blue dress. And I'm starting to go nuts. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like the one dress I want to wear, but I probably haven't laid eyes on it in five years. So I thought it's not going to be in the guest bedroom closet. No one ever goes in there. It's in the guest bedroom closet, hanging all by itself with nothing else in a dry cleaning bag from 2018. So anyways, fast forward, find the dress, whatever. 
get in the bathroom, start putting it on. It's been since 2018, okay? So I've put on a little bit of weight since then. So I, I got on, got to the point almost where I thought this is going to be a no-go. So I tried to step into it and then zip it. You know, you can't zip the back zipper by yourself with no help and then reach it all the way up to the base of your neck. And so I tried to step into it, couldn't zip it. So I thought, all right, I'll loosen the zipper just enough to slip it over my head. That did not go well. That's where the problem started. DeMarco's laughing at me. My arms were stuck in such a contorted way in the dress halfway on my head. And I thought, there's no way I can get out. If I bust out my elbows and my arms, I'm going to rip the dress. I couldn't lift my arms up because they were in the dress so tight. I was in such a pickle. I almost started having a panic attack. So I'm like, I'm by myself at home. So I'm not going to make this banquet. No one's going to come rescue me. My phone was on the charger and I was just having trouble moving. Uh, I finally got in this dress somehow. I, I finally got in it and didn't tear it, didn't rip it. My gosh, I don't know how the zipper didn't break. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I was laughing at myself. And then I let out a yelp and panic knowing I can't get out of this straight jacket. And the dog just looks at me and walks away. And I was like, a lot of help you were. Because people on Facebook commented, where was Shadow? Why did Shadow not help? I'm like, yeah, right. So on Facebook and, and Instagram, I put men will never understand the sheer terror of being home alone, getting stuck in a dress, and then not knowing if you'll get out. So I did tell folks, I said, you know, there is a very good chance I managed to get in this dress, and then I'm going to pose the same problem when I get home, being able to get out of it. But I successfully, long story short, was able to get out of the dress when I got home last night. Maybe a glass or two of wine helped and just made me a little more slithery to get out of it. So I'm not doing the show today in an evening gown. But again, it was just so coincidental hearing that funny story from Mark Aram that he shared with us as a memory four or five years ago. And then I had some goofball moment. So I'm really glad you guys can be a part of our lives and and go through the stupid, silly things we go through. Um, And I want to go ahead and give some praise and a shout out to some of my listeners who were fortunate enough to be able to attend a Gibbs Gardens tour with me yesterday. That was an opportunity back at the end of July during our 23rd annual WSB Radio Carathon, where we raised money for Children's Health Care of Atlanta. And I had 10 uh, listeners donate to have the opportunity to spend the afternoon with me at Gibbs Gardens. And then we had a nice lunch there at the gardens. And so thank you to those 10 donors who we really had a great time. It was so nice to meet them. And I wish I could meet all of you. I mean, that's just such a special opportunity. And we don't get a lot of those in this industry anymore, uh, getting out and being out in public and out on the roads and doing fun events and things like that. So that was a good time. And boy, did Gibbs Gardens in Ballground, Georgia and Cherokee County roll out the red carpet for us. What a fantastic from start to finish experience we had. We met up in the gift shop um, when you get to that front little house after parking. And they gave us a nice run through of Leslie told us the, the map and what paths to follow and what was in bloom at that point, the things we needed to see. Uh, and then we just kind of went on our way and and Jack took a picture of us before we all were sent off and just we stayed together as a group. And it was so nice if I could stop running my mouth for a little bit because I'm so used to talking. I mean, I was not giving the tour by any means because all of these folks probably have a lot more garden knowledge than I do. But just if I could stop talking for a little bit and actually kind of listen to the groups of of gardeners within that group of 10 talk to each other and the knowledge they had and pointing out different plants to each other and relaying stories and memories they had of certain plants. We came across jewelweed. We came across a, a new variety of aster to all of us, one that we weren't familiar with, hibiscus, um, a tree form, hydrangea, just all of these really neat things that we were able to strike up really cool conversations about. 
And that's why the topic for this show is so enriching to me. And I hope it is to all of you as well, because gardeners can relate that passion, right? And that that um, awe, inspiration that we that we get from gardening and just that good feeling that we get and the memories that go along with it. So at lunch, we sat down and I asked them for stories of their parents or their grandparents, you know, that were garden related, how they got into gardening, how they got excited about it. And almost every one of them had a story about, you know, a memory at grandma or grandpa's house and whether it was shucking green beans from the garden or, or snapping uh, green beans from the garden or moving sunflowers around or something like that. So that was a wonderful day. For those of you who have not been to Gibbs Gardens, I recommend you go. We originally had this tour scheduled in uh, September. And Mr. Gibbs himself was like, you know what, maybe wait till October. If you can push it about a month, there's going to be a lot more color. There's going to be some fall things in bloom. September was just kind of eh. Um, So I'm really glad we did. And the further we go into October, the more there is going to be to see. And right now, the annuals still look great. All of the begonias and coleus and um, some salvia, just the colors of a lot of these things, some vinca, uh, look really, really bright and really good because it hasn't gotten too cold yet. But you can really start to see that fall color. And the drive up to Ball Ground is so nice. It took me through downtown Ball Ground. And you got to stop at the burger bus get a burger. There's a lot of really neat restaurants that you would not expect to find in ball ground. So as you drive uh, toward northwest Georgia through that part of town, you're going to experience a lot of fall color and some really nice people too as well. So check out gibbsgardens.com and you can kind of see what we saw. Um, In the past, I've offered that opportunity. I took a few donors to Atlanta Botanical Gardens one year, uh, we went to Oakland Cemetery last year, and that was a really cool one, too. It was about this time of year. So, again, all the fall color was fantastic. And Sarah Henderson, who was director of the gardens at that time, gave us a wonderful tour, not only of, you know, all the botanical items, but some of the history of of some of the folks buried there and the family stories and things like that. So I say all of that to say this is a great time of year to get out and experience a lot of what our Big city has to offer as well as all of the seasonal things like the farms that are doing the hay rides and the pumpkin patches and, of course, apple orchards up in the LJ and Blue Ridge area. So had a great time. And then uh, congratulations to the officers who were recognized last night at the Kennesaw Public Safety Foundation and the Kennesaw Police Department Awards Banquet. That was a really nice night for law enforcers and folks of the department with their families and everybody got to dress up, which I hope I won't have to do again for some time. That was tricky. 404-872-0750 is the number. Coming up at 7 o'clock today on the show, Rick Smith, who is the pruning guru, will join me in studio and we'll answer your questions about pruning. If you have um, a timely question or a plant that maybe is tricky and you're just not sure about. So this is my outdoor expert series this month. want to continue with Seth Hawkins every Saturday this month from the Georgia Forestry Commission. He'll be along at 730 to share an update on that Georgia leaf watch, where in northwest and northeast and even north central Georgia is the best place to see color right now. And then next weekend, I'll be having a lot of guest experts on of interviews that I've done with some people who are really, really Um, fascinating to learn from experts in woodworking, the history of apples, um, invasive plants, native plants. So that's going to be a really packed show next Saturday. And the very last Saturday of October, last but certainly not least, uh, Clint Waltz from the University of Georgia will be talking turf and lawn and grass and all of those are the different words for the same thing. 
uh, Clint will be along to help us all with our grass. So we'll be right back. We're going to step out and check traffic with the top three things you need to do in the landscape this weekend. Good morning. It's Ashley Frasca on Green and Growing. Stay tuned. Feels that we were on a little bit of a warming trend yesterday and then certainly today. The weather update for the weekend brought to you by Finley Roofing. A high of 76 today. Partly cloudy skies. It's going to be breezy, 15 to 20 mile per hour wind gusts perhaps, but no chance of precipitation What's once everything that's going on out there now, just a spitting rain is going to pass through. And then tomorrow, a high of 65, low of 47, and wind a little bit stronger, maybe up to 30 miles an hour. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, this is a fun one, and it's, and it's one I always want to do, and then I get discouraged by May or June. Plant garlic from an unpeeled clove. It is that easy. Now through early December is the best time. It's frost hardy and matures in early summer. And yeah, that's that's May or June. So it takes up real estate for quite a while. Plant the cloves one to three inches deep, six inches apart. Mulching is going to protect those bulbs from severe cold and help conserve moisture as it always does and irrigate right after planting. I think I'm going to do that. Uh, Number two, if you have not gotten those fall decorations out yet, do it. Design on a budget. You can put out pumpkins, dried corn stalks, hay bales, acorns, and pine cones. They're free. They're in abundance outside. Uh, Mums and pansies, all good fall decor. And start even collecting colorful leaves as they fall. My mom found a really beautiful uh, magnolia leaf the other day that was just a really beautiful bronzy gold color. Um, and it had no defects on it at all. So you start to kind of go around and get those and you'll have some nice decorations. And number three, start planning to move house plants indoors. I drove by a lot of houses uh, when I was going through ball ground yesterday that had like chiffalera and all these really cool big house plants out on the front porch. And that's fine for now. But as lows are starting to get down to like the low 40s, maybe time to th- start thinking about that. Also, ficus tropical hibiscus, Christmas cactus, any citrus plant that you've got. Make sure not to bring in the bugs, though, with those plants. Uh, Place them in the sunniest window. Do your homework as far as checking the undersides of the leaves and making sure you're not bringing in spider mites or anything that will possibly get to some of the other plants you have indoors. And if you need to blast them with the hose, if you need to soak them in the shower, uh, whatever different folks do to kind of get the bugs off. And if you need to repot them, um, that would be okay too. Whenever you repot, typically you don't need to do much more than um, a new pot that is just about an inch bigger in diameter than the previous pot that the plant was in, and that should set you straight. And also, you know, it's not too late to do a lot of the vegetable gardening that you want to do. Uh, it's getting, oh, I almost dropped the binder that I have on my foot. Um, it is getting a little toward the backside. When you plant vegetables in the summertime and in the fall, the earlier you plant, they're going to probably be able to withstand pests and diseases because they're going to be. Uh, pretty strong and pretty hardy by time all of those things really become an issue. But it's not too late to do it if you have the time to dedicate to it and staying on top of it. So continue kind of planning out that fall garden. Leave some room for the garlic, as I just said, time to plant garlic. Um, And let me know how that works out because I did try it two years and I just didn't have the patience. And then, I don't know, I just, I had some sprouts, some, some foliage up above ground 
but then never really amounted to much. So if you've had luck with that, certainly let me know. You have time to get in calls and questions as well. 404-872-0750 is the number to get through to the show. And again, we'll have Rick Smith, the pruning guru, on at 7 o'clock to start answering questions about pruning. Um, Generally, there's not a lot that we want to prune right now. There could be some exceptions. you got to think the cold weather is probably going to be upon us sooner rather than later. So anything that you prune or fertilize is going to have some new growth on it. And you want that to have time to harden off before the chance that a uh, freeze is going to kind of nip it in the bud, uh, no pun intended, to, um, you know, to, to damage the plant potentially. So we'll be along to discuss that when we return. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSP. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. Six thirty-six on your Saturday morning. 62 degrees already in Midtown Atlanta. That, that makes it feel warm. It's going to be a high of 76 today, so it's going to be really pleasant to be outside for the kids' ball games and all of that kind of fun stuff. Maybe some tennis matches. I've got one tomorrow. And boy, do I have a makeup match from Thursday um, that I am dreading on Monday. The opposing team is not nice. They were not nice on Thursday at all. Um, And we decided to call it, even though we shouldn't have, because the courts were wet. But they were drying. It was very windy on Thursday, and it had already stopped raining. But whatever. So yeah, we'll see. At least I get to play tennis. I get to be out there. I'm like total live stream of thought today. That's, That's really how my brain's going today. Sorry, DeMarco. Uh, 404-872-0750 is the number to get through to the show. Uh, Recently on the Facebook page, I've posted a lot of fun, interesting things that I have been coming across. Um, And I thought with it being close to Halloween, some of my posts will get a little spookier, some weird insects, some weird plants, things like that. How about these two things for sure? Uh, There is the manchineal tree and the sandbox tree. Um, that I have been reading up on. Very, very interesting trees, not native here in uh, North America at all. So we're thankful for that. Um, But the manchineal tree found in tropical areas such as maybe Trinidad and Tobago, uh, the tree of death. Also, maybe some coastal areas in South Florida. Um, But it's very, very strange, this tree. Um, The fruit is pretty attractive. A lot of folks will mistake it for something like an apple, a green apple. Um, And it looks wonderful. It looks like you'd want to eat it, Uh, but it can cause inflammation, blistering of the mouth. But that's not the worst of it. Um, Toxic sap from the tree. And when you're vacationing in these places, you'll often see warning signs on the tree. Uh, The fruits of this tree are poisonous and don't stand beneath it when it's raining. Okay. So you think, well, What's that? What's that do to? Um, so dripping water can transfer the toxins from the tree to anyone nearby because the sap is so toxic from the leaves and the stems. Both burning the bark has been known to cause irritation, even blindness due to the airborne poisonous ash that comes from the tree. So that's really quite fascinating. But the one on the Facebook page that will catch your eye is the sandbox tree, um, also known as possumwood tree. And it is also native to tropical regions. 
in North and South America, but really like you're going down to the uh, Amazon rainforest to really see this thing. It's a softwood tree, grows very, very large. But really what's so distinct about the sandbox tree is the trunk is covered with these long, sharp spikes, and that secretes poisonous sap, right? And it's also called the dynamite tree um, for an appropriate reason. When the fruit is ripe, it explodes. So it can just kind of go after you all kinds of ways. Um, The seeds, the capsules, when they're ripe, they split into segments, and then that kind of causes the the fruit to explode just because of the pressure inside. So you've got sap, you've got poisonous thorns, um, and then the fruit of the manchineal tree, toxic, and the sap is a skin irritant, and above all, some other things as well. So um, I will be posting some spooky plant ideas as well here in the next week or so. If you are thinking about doing a fun Halloween party or maybe bringing a hostess gift uh, to a Halloween party or something, I'll have some kind of spooky plant recommendations that could actually be a very good conversation piece and some good ideas for you there. 404-872-0750 is the number. Uh, We've had a lot of great calls in the last couple of weeks, timely seasonal things that you're all wondering about. And so when I'm out next Saturday, I will reuse a lot of those really good calls for you to get the information Uh, from, you know, you'll have a call or call with one question. And that probably represents a few hundred people, I would think, with people nodding their heads going, yeah, I had that same question or I've got that same plant in my landscape. So I'm happy to replay a lot of the calls that we get here on the show uh, with good topical, timely questions. And also, as I mentioned, some interviews that I've done recently uh, that I've not played on the show yet. One of my favorites, I think, that you're going to hear next Saturday is a 17-year-old woodworker. And I met him in an arts and crafts fair as he was selling cutting boards, charcuterie boards, all these really beautiful pieces. And it stopped me um, at his table. And I, and I said, how old are you? And when he said 17, I was like, and you made this stuff. You made these coasters. You made this sh- charcuterie board. And he said, yes, ma'am, with epoxy, doesn't even really use a stain or a sealer, knows the wood and the trees that he's working with. So I'm fascinated by Lachlan. I can't wait for you to meet him. And um, a very good conversation. It's been months in the making with Cherokee County Extension agent Josh Fooder, and he introduced me to author Diane Flint, who has written extensively about the history of apples. And so the two of them kind of paired up for this interview with me uh, to talk about her book and also the history of apples. I found that to be timely, not only because her book was released in September, but because many of you may may be making the trek up to LJ and Blue Ridge to enjoy some apple orchards and things of that nature. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And if you missed it, we had Michael Cowan, Kate Carson from Reforest ATL on the show. And then Ellen Honeycutt from the Georgia Native Plant Society came on a little bit later. And they were very complementary to one another as far as the topics go. Uh, Reforest ATL trying to get rid of invasives and kind of restoring a lot of uh, property owners' land or even land in parks. And then Ellen came along to suggest native plants and why native plants are really threatened by these invasive species. So I really liked that conversation. So if you missed that last Saturday, You'll be able to hear that as well. 404-872-0750. Time to jump out to the phones. We have some time. Mike in Conyers calling this morning. Good morning. Hey, Ashley Frasca. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Fine. This is uh, Mike, the one that you recruited for the live event last night. And I had a question about uh, for Von Hessler show. And I had a question about crate myrtles. But I also wanted to tell you guys that there's a bunch of Wraps in the break room, so don't miss out on those. Did everybody... Okay, so what, what went faster at Eric Von Hessler's Live Lounge? The pizza or the wraps? 
the pizzas, but uh, the wraps were really good, and they enjoyed those, too. I think that's a little more, you know, unusual of a thing to bring, but we enjoyed it. So. Well, Mike, you tell everybody where you are making those pizzas and those oh. yummy wraps. <laughs> well, thanks. I wasn't calling for that reason. But well, sure, I'm going to let you do it, because you're, you're a cool guy. <laughs> um, Atlanta Pizza and Euro in Conyers, Georgia. And you stepped up for our Carathon in a big way. You know, I started off the show talking about my event with donors, getting to do the gardens. And Eric is one of the the many hosts who offers time with listeners. You know, I'm going to do a live show in front of a live audience. And these people get a really unique opportunity to come spend time with the the crew and, you know, dinner on you. Um, So I'm really glad you guys had a great night and you made it. I think you beat traffic in and out of town, didn't you? I did. It was (laughs) was crazy, yeah. But uh, it was a little trouble on uh, I-20 going into... uh, around Stonecrest, but I, I got around that and came on in. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a, bla- a blast. Well, thank you for coming and for feeding all of our, all of our awesome Carathon donors. <laughs> thanks to the staff and the production and everybody was really, really nice. So oh, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, top notch for sure. So I'm talking up the Carathon, so everybody's <laughs> like, when do I get to do all this fun stuff? Next July. Yeah, I know y'all are listening to the station. Next July is when we'll offer out all this fun stuff. But yeah, so Mike, how can I help you in the landscape? You feed me pizza, I help you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, well, I figured I'd call the expert. So I, I have a couple of crepe myrtles. Uh, one is a little sun-starved. Uh, there's a tree we're going to have to remove to get it a little better, but ornamentally. But um, that that the main one, I want to make sure that I'm not trimming it too much. When do I trim it? How much do I trim it? I've heard different things on it. When the time of the year, the best time, and how much to trim. So what's the deal? And it's a crepe myrtle. Yes. So. Me and and having them in my landscape, my neighborhood, and my parents' neighborhood, um, I first of am the of of the mindset not to prune at all. But I know sometimes that is necessary. They do get really tall. They grow under power lines. Sometimes they're growing over a, a walk or into the um, gutter of the the house or something like that. So a I don't prune mine. But B, if you have to and reduce the size, winter time is when you see everybody do it, and that's fine. That tree is so tough. Um, it's dormant for the winter, so it's really not doing a whole lot. So that's going to be a good time to prune, perhaps February, early March. And it blooms you know, on new wood every year, so you don't run the risk of, oh, no, if I prune at the wrong time, then I'm not going to get blooms. However, when you do see them pruned at that time in February and March, I don't really prefer how... Nine out of ten landscaping crews do them, and they do crepe murder, you know, where they literally make the cuts. They're so harsh. They're on the trunk. They're not the stems and the branches. So the way you would start, Mike, is I would thin it out. And a thinning pruning is when you take selective branches and stems out. So the ones that are probably the size of your finger or smaller are just not going to be of really any use. So thinning it out by removing those stems all the way back to the point of origin. And then once you step back, if that's not thinned out enough, if that's not really, you know, helping the problem as far as the vertical height of the tree, then that's when you would do heading cuts. And that's when you remove, you know, from the tip of the branch and come back to a growth point, come back to a point where another branch comes out, where it meets the trunk, something like that to do the height. And you can do a little bit at a time, step back a little bit at a time. Don't think though, based on what I'm saying, that you're going to over prune or hurt it or anything like that. General rules of thumb when when it comes to pruning, especially trees, never removing more than a third at a time, just because it stresses the tree out. But crepe myrtles are somewhat of an exemption to that just because they are so tough. So I hope that helps as far as strategizing what to remove first and then kind of making a few more drastic cuts after that if it hasn't helped. Does that make sense? That's a long answer for an easy question. 
No, no, no. It it does. I, I think a lot of people deal with this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. thank you so much. Yeah, so good to hear from you, Mike. Thank you so much. <laughs> you too. Thanks again. Oh yeah, I'm I'm glad you had a great night last night. And you're still up early this morning. You you're a trooper for sure. Um, another thing, a good question I got from a caller either last Saturday or the Saturday before was the prolific um growth of suckers underneath the crepe myrtle. But he had done some extreme pruning. And then is wondering why all these suckers, why all these, you know, sprouts are coming up at the base. And that was because the tree was in stress. Um, not in a bad thing, not not in a bad way, like decline or anything, but taking that much of the tree away, then all the chemicals and the hormones in it are telling it to grow more. And so all of that energy was kind of being misdirected from the roots. And so that's why there was a lot of suckers coming up. And that has happened uh, to me with Calicanthus, my sweet shrub. I did major pruning to that, and then, oh my gosh, the the suckers and the runners coming up were overwhelming to where I've almost lost the shape and the size of the bush because there's so much coming up out of the ground. So anything that's prone to growing suckers, you're more apt to see a lot more when you really do some major pruning. So be prepared to keep up with that. If you just walk by it every day and pull the sucker or break it off or whatever, um, but don't let them start to grow into you know, full-size trees, because before you know it, the trunk will be pretty sturdy and it's going to take a lot more than just hand pruners uh, to remove those from the base. So very good question about crepe myrtles, Mike. Thanks for the call. 404-872-0750. And that's warming us up for my guest, Rick Smith, the pruning guru, who will be along just after seven o'clock to help us and maybe provide a little bit better information and some clarity on a lot of things in the landscape than I can. And we're still going to be talking about the Christmas freeze almost a year ago. And how our landscapes and spots in metro Atlanta are still seeing the impact from that now 10 months later. So stay tuned. It's Ashley Frasca. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. All right. The update on the weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Right now, it's in the low 60s around metro Atlanta. It's going to be warming up to the mid-70s. Partly cloudy skies and breezy with those wind gusts getting up to maybe 25 miles an hour. Same story tomorrow. Rain out of the forecast for the near future. Tomorrow, only a high of 65, though. And getting cooler as the week begins on Monday, the complete forecast coming up in less than 10 minutes. And so with the chance of rain out of the forecast now, again, I just want to be your friend and remind you, if you overseeded a fescue lawn, that was great that Mother Nature provided some rain for us Wednesday and Thursday and even a little bit overnight. But uh, now you've got to stay consistent with that moisture on the lawns or anything that you've seeded for that matter. Because once the seed has moisture and starts to germinate, that process cannot be paused. So consistent moisture is going to be best to make that uh, grass pretty vigorous and tough, and fescue loves the cooler weather. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, number one. So you can start thinking about moving houseplants indoors. A lot of them have loved the bright light of being outside over the summertime. Uh, But with lows getting to the low to mid 40s coming up, it's really time to start maybe rearranging some things inside your house so you have room for these guys. Uh, Ficus. Tropical hibiscus, Christmas cactus, citrus, just a couple of ones that I thought of. Uh, Make sure to not bring in the bugs, too, whether they're on the undersides of the leaves. You really need to scope that out for spider mites, aphids, white flies, any problems like that. Um, And also nothing in the soil as well. And once you get everything in place, usually the sunniest, brightest window is where these guys are going to be happy if you need to repot. Uh, Anything into a larger pot, you can certainly do that. Number two, plant garlic from an unpeeled clove. I know there's 
uh, fancier ways of doing so, but that's pretty easy for all of us. We can just go grab one at the grocery store, see how it goes. Uh, now through early December is the best time to do that. Frost hardy matures in early summer. That is the only downfall. Uh, planting garlic now, it does take up real estate in the garden until May or June. And you'll know once that foliage, once, once those stalks start to brown and wither away with the warmer weather, uh, it may be ready to harvest. But what you want to do is plant those cloves unpeeled, uh, one to three inches deep, about six inches apart if you're going to do more than one. Mulch is going to protect from severe cold and help conserve moisture and water right after planting. Okay, we'll get to number three here. Design on a budget. Just throwing out some ideas for you. Put out pumpkins, dried corn stalks, hay bales, acorns, and pine cones. You can find a ton of those right now. Um, really pretty fall leaves that have already changed color. Keep some of those as well. Mums and pansies, very uh, easy ways to decorate on the cheap. 404-872-0750 is the number when we come back. I'll have Rick Smith, the pruning guru, on. So get those pruning questions in. I know you have a lot of them, and Rick's here. Also, he'll be touching on the Christmas freeze and the couple of freezes that we had in March and how that devastated some of the spring blooms we were expecting to see. So if something's not acting quite right, we can help. 404-872-0750. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.